Swamiji, are there universal stages of spiritual evolution that apply to all human beings? That's a very interesting question. The ancient sage Patanjali had what people call his eightfold path. It isn't his. Everybody has to go through the same truths, the same path. And the first stage is yama niyama, which is the do's and the don'ts, the sort of ten commandments of yoga. And the ten commandments are more sophisticated than the commandments of Moses. They are um, teaching you, first of all, to be controlled over yourself, not to have um, greed, not to be untruthful, to be self-controlled. Um, these are the yamas. Then come the niyamas, the do's, which are cleanliness and being content. Santosha or contentment is a very, it's a virtue in itself. We, we think that we wait for things to make us contented. Just be contented. Whatever happens, say, I'm complete in myself. These attitudes that we must develop if we're to, develop, if we're to uh, become spiritual, they're universal. Whether you're a Hottentot or a Jew or a Christian or a Muslim or anything, if you want to know God, you've got to get away from having desires for things outside, getting living in the senses. You've got to wave, get away from being untruthful. You can't uh, pretend that things are, are, are when you know they're not. You can't be angry with other people. You've got to be contented, calm, even-minded. These are necessary, no matter what your beliefs. Then, if you want to know God, you can't be like many people that I've seen in church, praying and their eyes are going like this. You've got to learn to keep your body still. And this is asana. From that simple word asana, the entire yoga posture system was developed, the system of hatha yoga. But in fact, all Patanjali really was speaking about but you've got to learn to sit still without moving a muscle and keep the spine straight. Why should the spine be straight? Because the energy has to come up. Now that's another thing. The uh, God is, we think of God as up above and hell is down below. But the people on the other side of the world, what's up for them will be down for us. It's with relation to your body, not to the world that we're talking. And so... What, what happens is that when your body is completely still, you can withdraw into yourself. You can't worship God like a holy roller, uh, rolling in the aisle and thinking God is pleased with this outward action. You've got to go within, offer yourself up to God. That's why Jesus said, you shalt, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, means all your aspiration, all your desires have to go to, toward him. With all, thy, all your mind, your, all your thoughts have to be on him. Otherwise, you won't be able to experience him. With all thy soul means your whole being. With all thy strength, that means the energy of your body. And some people think that's where the holy rollers came in. Loving God with all those strength means rolling around in the aisle and so on. That's not loving God. Uh, you have to still your body and the oh, straightened spine means you then you can bring your energy up the spine so asana the the um third stage on the path to god 
It's not Patanjali's eightfold path. It's the eight-limbed path that everybody has to follow if they're to find who they are as children of God. So we have to learn to keep the body still. You will have mastered... In fact, you can't master any of these stages. They're not really only stages. They're also all a package. You can't be perfect in truthfulness until you're one with God. You can't be ter- perfect in love until you're one with God. You can't be perfect in any of the qualities until you're one with God. But really, anyway, but on the stage, catch, it's what? It's not a catch-22, though. You no. Okay. No, it's not a catch-22. You also have to re- develop as you can mm. to that point. But remember, perfection will come only when you reach perfection. So you can't become perfect in any of these until you attain final perfection. But asana, to master it, you have to be able to sit absolutely still without moving a muscle for at least three hours. And how can you do that? You've got to be completely relaxed. This is asana. Then comes pranayama. Prana, many people think that pranayama means a breathing exercise. It doesn't. Prana really means energy. Because the breath is connected to the uh, energy, um, therefore people have tied the two. It was in Kali Yuga in the Dark Age that people began to identify the two. But Yama again means control. And Pranayama means control of the energy. And controlling the energy means to reach that point where you can gradually withdraw the energy from the body. And this you can do only when the breath is completely still, when the heart becomes slow, when it stops. All of this is necessary. Then comes Pratyahara. Pratyahara means the interiorization of the consciousness, the mind. And that means no longer thinking about things outside, but you become absorbed in the inner light, the inner sound. Pratyahara means complete interiorization and absorption in that inner world. And then comes dharana, dhyana, samadhi. Dharana, or dhyana, dharana, I'm not sure, I don't remember which it is. Now maybe you remember. Dharana, dharana comes first, all right. Um, dharana means complete focus. Yogananda put it this way. You hear the inner sound of om, or you see the light. You become completely focused in it. And uh, that is dharana, when you not only interiorized, but focused on the, the uh, inner sound of Om. Dhyana means meditation, and you're not really meditating until you're becoming absorbed in Om. What happens in meditation, first you hear Om in the right ear, and to hear it, you should close the ears off this way, or other ways you can do it. I'm not going to go in this. The thing is to get into the motor room of the body. And chant Om here, and then try to hear inside the right ear. It's interesting. Physiologists have found that there's a place above the right ear in the brain, which when you stimulate it, can create artificial mystical experiences. And uh, listening inside the right ear, not with the ear, but inside it, you have the hearing and the power of hearing. So what you're doing is concentrating on the power of hearing. Blind people with that power of seeing can see. Deaf people can hear in that astral body, even though their physical bodies won't give them the sight or the sound. 
So in dhyana, as you meditate, you begin to hear a sound in the left, in the right ear. You may hear it in the left, but try to bring it over to the right. Then as you go deeper into it, you will hear perhaps different sounds of the electrical body, and those are many, and I'm going, not going to go into those right now. But as you go more deeply into it, you begin to f hear the sound of Om. And as you listen to Om, try to be so absorbed in it that you hear it in your left ear and you feel it gradually going over your whole body. And you'll find your whole body vibrating with that sound of Om. You know, it's very interesting in India, they speak of Brahma, Vishnu and Shiva, and people think of them as separate gods. In fact, those are the three vibrations of Om. There's the creative vibration, which is a higher sound, the uh, preservative vibration, which is a lower sound, and the, the dissolving vibration, which is the, uh, that which dissolves everything back into spirit. And you actually can hear these sounds in meditation. And uh, it sort of sounds, it's sort of like a uh, um, motorcycle when you start it. And the beginning is, oh, 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 it's a higher sound. Then, oh, and then when you stop, oh. <laughs> and so Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva are really the only the three aspects of Om. And you can hear these in meditation. That's why in India they have the, what they call the threefold Om. And you chant it. The first one should be louder, the second less loud, the third one very soft. Om, Om, Om. And the sound of Om. This is why it's really should be written in three letters, A-U-M. But in English, we have an unclean vowel with O. And it should be that sound, Om. But people reading A-U-M in other languages say Om, which is wrong. It should be A-U-M. Anyway, in Dhyana, you merge into that Om and you find your energy becoming first your whole body vibrates with it, then you realize that you are a part of that Om, and your vibration, your consciousness, expands outward into Om until you achieve what is known as Om Samadhi, or oneness with the vibration of the Holy Ghost, or Om, all over creation, the Word of God. Then you begin, you meditate more deeply, and you see that reflected in your own body, in the vibration of your own body, is the Christ consciousness, that still vibration that is between all opposites, that is the Christ consciousness, the reflection of the Spirit beyond creation. And as you meditate more deeply, you expand with that sound into the infinite and achieve Christ consciousness. Until you achieve Christ consciousness, you may not be called a master. A master is one who has achieved that Christ consciousness. And that's why the Catholic Church says you have to go through Mary to reach Jesus and through Jesus to reach the Father. It's a truth. It's a mystical truth. Mary represents the motherhood of God. Mary is the mother aspect of God. The vibration of Om is the feminine aspect of God the Father. And then when you go through that into the Christ consciousness, then you have to go into the infinite consciousness and achieve what is known 
as Nirvikalpa Samadhi. You're not yet one with God, however. You have to remember all those past incarnations that you lived in delusion, and you have to realize each incarnation, it was God who dreamed that role of a pirate and a businessman and a, a thief and all the different things we've been over endless, endless incarnations. We have to realize there was no I there, really. It was God who dreamed our existence. And so in meditation, you can clear the karma of even one incarnation, but in one, in, in one meditation. But when you've reached the freedom of all those karmas, when you've rid yourself of all of them, then you achieve moksha, complete liberation. Then you merge into God and become one with him. This is the goal of all souls.